Hi, and welcome to the Medicine for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Stiff. I'm a dietitian turned physician passionate about empowering people to use their lifestyle as medicine. Many of the chronic diseases and cancers that affect our world can be prevented. I'm on a mission to provide you with evidence-based tools and education so you can implement realistic and sustainable changes into your life to combat disease, reach your health goals, and lead your best life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's begin this journey together. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to talk to you about a topic that I feel very passionate about, and this is obesity. And more specifically, I want to talk to you about how weight itself is not the problem, behaviors are. So the title of this podcast is Weight Doesn't Matter, Behaviors Do, and I'm going to talk to you about why I feel the data around weight itself is actually quite flawed and that focusing on weight itself is causing more harm than good. Uh, Give me a little grace as I approach this topic because I know that this is a very emotionally driven topic that many people have opinions about. So we've all seen the headlines. America is fatter than ever, uh, obesity epidemic on the rise, and these are all laden with unappealing pictures of people who fit the category of overweight or obese show this dramatic increase in the BMI in our country. And the, right now in America, so two-thirds of Americans are considered overweight, somewhere between 65 and 70%. Half of those are considered those people are actually in the obese category, so somewhere between 30 and 40%. And so when you look at the graphs, which we've been focusing on obesity now for over 30 years. So when you look at graphs that have data back 30 to almost 40 years, you'll see that there's been an upward trend pretty consistently every year. And every year, there's a new initiative to try to decrease the obesity rate in our country. But every year, it seems to fall short, clearly, because the graphs are continuing to show the rates are going up. And so what's the deal? Why is this happening? And I actually believe that our excessive focus on weight is contributing to the problem. Don't get me wrong. The core problem is behavior, and that's what my focus is. So the core problem is that people eat food that's not great for them, eat too much of it, don't exercise, don't sleep well, don't deal with their stress, uh, don't deal with their mental health, have poor social connectiveness, and are surrounded by other people just like them who live the same lifestyle, so it makes it very challenging to have behavior change. So I think that our focus on weight is harmful for a couple of reasons. One, it is the symptom, it's not the problem. If somebody came to my office and had a cough, it would behoove me to just give them cough syrup and send them home. I would take a history. I would ask more questions about when did the cough start? What are the characteristics of the cough? What associated symptoms are with the cough? I would ask more about their history and find out more about what might be contributing to this cough. The same thing should be happening with weight but doesn't. If somebody goes to their doctor and is told that they are overweight or obese, they are simply told to eat less and exercise more. You know, there's not enough time in the visit to really focus on deeper issues. And so it's just, you know, this is just a nonchalant thing that's passed along. Everybody knows they're supposed to eat less and exercise more. Like, I would be shocked to find one adult in our country who did not think 
they needed to exercise more and eat less. It's just, we all know this, but we don't all do it. And when we focus on weight, people get discouraged. It is a symptom, not a problem. If I gave someone with a cough, cough syrup and they had pneumonia, that's going to backfire quite quickly and they can get very, very ill because I didn't approach the root cause. I just put a Band-Aid. With weight, we don't have something that is a, you do A and you will weigh X. It just, it doesn't happen. We like to think that we do, but there is no study that shows if somebody does this specific prescription, they will weigh this specific amount because our bodies are dynamic and complex and the world we live in is dynamic and complex. And it's not as simple as just two variables leading to a certain outcome. And so, and so it actually is a worse way to approach this for patients or just friends and coworkers that you might be talking with if we focus on the weight because we are assuming that if they do a behavior, you'll get a certain outcome. But it's not like pneumonia and antibiotics where most of the time people will respond to this one treatment. It's even more complex to, than that because every person's metabolic drive is influenced by a variety of things in their life, their past experiences, and their day-to-day activities. It's just not as simple as it seems on the surface. And the trouble is when we focus on it as being simple and then somebody tries this simple thing and fails, they become discouraged. They have no desire to try again. Maybe they want to be healthy, they want to lose weight, but they don't have any tools in their toolbox to understand why it never works or why it works for for six weeks and then they gain all the way back and then some. The second reason why focusing on weight is actually harmful is that we don't take into account all of the determinants of weight. So our weight is not simply a number that is easily calculated in some online tool to figure out your calorie needs for a day. Everyone's caloric needs can vary dramatically from one day to the next. And two people that look the same, same height, same weight, they have different histories and their metabolic drive is likely different. If everyone ate perfectly and exercised regularly and did all of the health things exactly the way they are supposed to, then maybe we would be closer at being able to estimate an exact calorie need that somebody has for the day. But even that the amount of brown fat somebody has or their genetics will directly influence what their metabolic drive is. And it's crazy that we think that if somebody is 5'7", 150 pounds, then they need X calories because that is so simplistic and it completely undermines the complexity of the human body. So our bodies have evolved over time with the one goal of surviving. And so it makes no sense that we think restricting calories... in in an amount that is so pronounced that we feel starved. So restricting calories is going to lead to healthier outcomes. Our bodies are going to initially just kind of go with it. You know, I don't know the details of what the inner working of the body will be in that initial state. But eventually when there's continual starvation and weight loss, our bodies will be like, whoa, 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 This is not sustainable for life. Remember, our bodies have evolved back from when food was not readily available on every street corner. And so they're like, this is not okay. I'm going to die. So I have two things I can do. One, I'm going to rev up how much um, you want to eat. So I'm going to make you feel so hungry that you 
are going to try to eat more to gain weight back. Or I'm going to slow down your metabolic rate so that we don't lose more weight. Because if we lose more weight, we will die. And that's not what I want. (laughs) And so you're going to feel sluggish and tired and feel poorly. You're going to burn less calories just doing the things you do every day. And these changes will make direct changes, epigenetic changes on our genes, on how our metabolism works. Now, sometimes if you go back to the way you previously ate or just increase your caloric intake slightly so you're not starving, by doing that, things will go back to the way they were. But they've actually done studies on people who have done yo-yo dieting. So they do a diet, they lose weight, they keep it off for, I don't know, six months or so, and then they gain it all back and then some. And they found that that person, let's say they previously needed 2,000 calories to maintain their weight. Then they lost weight. Their body went into this starvation mode and the metabolism changed. And then they eventually made it back up to that weight that they were before. So the weight where they needed 2,000 calories. Suddenly at that point, they now only need 1,800 calories to maintain the same weight. So what's going to happen? Well, they've gone back to their old way of eating. If they eat intuitively, they may be able to get by on just eating less calories because they might realize, you know, with their metabolic drive being slower, they might not feel as hungry, but most people do not eat intuitively at all and they eat out of habit and convenience. And so most people, if they go back to their old way of eating, they will suddenly gain 10 or 20 more pounds. And that's because their metabolic drive is lower than it previously was but they've continued to eat the way they used to eat. So you can see how this yo-yo dieting, this what we assume is a harmless attempt at weight loss, actually is detrimental to our health and likely a large contributor to why our obesity epidemic is on the rise, why people continue to gain weight every single year. In addition to previous weight cycling, there are many determinants of weight. So this could be something uh, like your, your baseline genetics, just what you were born with. It could be the foods you're eating. There's data to support that certain foods actually cause epigenetic changes on your genes that could result in changes in your metabolism. It could be related to medical conditions you have. It could be related to, it's related to how much you exercise, how much you fidget during the day, how much you sleep at night, how many, how much stress you have and how you cope with that stress. Um, Even the extent of medications that you're taking that can influence your weight. I know many people who have taken prednisone and they immediately put on 10 or 20 pounds. They are doing nothing different with their day-to-day. This is simply the medication changing a variety of factors in their body resulting in weight. And if we're focusing on weight specifically, these people will get discouraged For example, if you take prednisone because you have to, you have rheumatoid arthritis and you have to take it forever, and you're you're not able to lose weight. Maybe you gained your weight initially and you've just stayed there. If you can't lose weight, no matter how hard you try, how much you starve yourself or how much you exercise, and let's say you're exercising in a way that's not enjoyable, and you're not losing weight, well, if weight is the outcome, why in the world would you keep doing it? If I were that person and my belief was that I'm only eating less and exercising to lose weight and I can't lose weight, why am I going to try? So you can see this mindset. We have only so much time in the day. Why would we waste our time torturing each other if there's no beneficial outcome? 
But if we shift the conversation, so the conversation is not on weight itself, but you're exercising because of X, Y, and Z health benefits, because it helps you play with your grandkids. It helps you sleep better at night. It helps you have more energy throughout the day. It helps your joints feel better. If you do all these things for exercise, suddenly you can achieve those things. Okay. You can achieve the goal of 30 minutes a day, every day, and you can feel those outcomes. And suddenly if you don't lose weight, it doesn't matter. And you have so much more power now. Similarly with diet, if the goal is to lose weight, you're not losing weight. Well, then you'll just eat whatever is enjoyable. Food manufacturers have created foods that we crave and we want. They know how our taste buds work and their goal, since they are a business, their goal is to get us to buy more of their foods. And if for you, the goal is weight loss and you're not losing weight, well, of course, you're just going to go buy the food that tastes the best in your mind. And, and if we're not eating mindfully and understanding that eating well is more than just about weight, it helps with a variety of biomarkers in our body. It changes our metabolism through epigenetics and just changes the way we feel overall. Um, I know that I can definitely tell a difference if I've eaten out versus I eat something fresh at home that I cooked myself because I have so much more energy after I've eaten these fresh things. I don't feel sluggish and tired. And I also don't crave other things. I don't know how many times I have eaten pizza and then I want ice cream afterwards. Uh, and so when we focus on the actual outcome as opposed to weight, suddenly our motivation to do things changes and our likelihood of sticking to those changes seems so much more realistic. Okay. The third reason why I believe focusing on weight is harmful is our next generation. So we see on these graphs, the pediatric obesity rate is on the rise as well. And actually some graphs show it being more dramatic than the adult rise. And this is problematic because children who are obese as children are much more likely to be obese as adults. So adults, if they're healthy weight their whole childhood, and then it's in adulthood, like their mid-20s, when they're on their own and they are busy trying to establish a career and they don't really know what to eat or, or what to do, they gain weight. Those adults could potentially lose some weight or at least mitigate some of their weight gain. A child who gains weight is extremely unlikely to ever lose that weight if they leave childhood at that weight, okay? Their metabolism has been changed basically indefinitely. And so it's very clear that this is a problem that we need to worry about, but our current approach of focusing on weight is all wrong, and it's actually going to cause more harm in these poor children than good. We need to focus on two things with them. One, the family unit the environment in which that child lives, every person in that environment needs to be doing things to improve health, okay? The second is we need to focus on health. We need to stop talking about weight. These kids are getting heavier because of the behaviors within their environment. And so we should focus on what the problem is, not just that number on the scale. Obviously, we would hope to see that number improve, but the number itself is not the problem. You can't do weight. You can't just go out and, and participate in weight. Weight is a attribute. It is not a behavior, and we need to stop talking about it like it is a behavior. And so when we're looking at future generations and what can happen if we focus on weight, there are three things that I really want to outline about why doing the approach that's currently been done is harmful. So first, when kids hear us talk about weight as being an important thing that we pay attention to, they 
internalize this as being an, an important attribute that they need to pay attention to. And it ingrains in them that the end-all be-all reason for anything we're doing is weight. And so these are the kids who either won't participate in exercise because they say, well, I'm already fat, what does it matter? Or they won't participate in exercise because they say, well, I don't need to exercise or eat healthy, I'm already thin. I have heard this too many times from young people, either teenagers or 20-somethings who say, well, what's, why do I need to exercise? I'm not fat. We don't exercise because we're fat. We exercise because there are health benefits and our bodies were created to move. So if kids see us prioritizing weight over health, they will take on that same mindset and have problems down the road when they realize that their health is suffering because they haven't been exercising and haven't developed a healthy relationship with it. The second thing that I really want to talk about is that children will pick up the idea that we believe being fat is bad. And if they happen to have a body size that is considered fat, they will start to internalize this and think that they are bad. So you can see how this could be a huge problem because one, they think that the people they love think they are bad because of something they have little to no control over. Remember, these are children. They're at the mercy of their environment. There are many things that influence their weight. One, their genetics. Maybe they are just going to have a bigger body size. That could just be the way their genetics are. Maybe they have parents who don't realize that feeding them chicken nuggets every day while it gets them to eat food is actually not healthful. Um, and maybe they live in an, in an environment where health has never been a priority. And so the food provided is less than ideal. The screen time is ample and readily accessible and exercise is not a priority. These kids have no control over the fact that the world they live in is like that. And it's just absurd that we would imply to them that they are bad because of something they have absolutely no control over. We live in a world where tasty food is everywhere. Again, these are kids. If we give them the opportunity to eat this, of course they'll eat it. It tastes great. Um, and so, again, not their fault that they're being offered this food that is not nourishing to their body. Um, and they are just using their basic natural instincts as to what they're choosing to eat. And then the last is that the coping skills that children develop occasionally are around food. We often use food as a way of showing our affection. So if a child gets an A on a test and worked so hard on this test, you might take them out for ice cream. And if a child <clears throat> excuse me, does everything that they're supposed to do for their chores that week, you might buy them a little treat. We often use food as rewards in a way of showing um, acceptance or appreciation and just our regard for them. Because when we eat the foods, we feel good and they're special. And some children, they get this a lot for a variety of reasons. And so they start to internalize that this food means I'm good and they'll want to eat it. If they're feeling bad because let's say they're being bullied for their size, they will think in subconsciously, how can I make myself feel better right now? How can I soothe this wound that I have? And they'll say, well, I've always had cookies and they make me feel so good when I eat them. And so then they'll go eat them. And so these children learn coping skills that are actually maladaptive in the sense of maintaining a weight that is ideal for their body size because they are potentially coping with these foods on a regular basis and 
they often, when people use food for coping, it's often not integrated into their normal um, hunger satiety rhythms. And so they end up eating more calories throughout the day than they otherwise would. So these four things, genetics, environment, uh, both the environment within the home and then the environment in, the, in which we live and coping skills, these things largely contribute to why a child might be heavy. All of those things are not in that child's control. So you can see how if they start to believe that they're bad because of things that they have no control over, they will internalize that belief as being not not just I'm fat and as an attribute, but as I am bad because I am fat or I am bad because I do these things. And that is going to dramatically change how they participate in the world and how they succeed in life because they are going to feel like they are less than because of things they had no control over. And once they get to the point where they have control, they really don't have as much control because their metabolism has been changed through epigenetic markers and a variety of factors over the past 15 years. The likelihood of them losing that weight and keeping it off is very slim. Now, they might be able to lose some weight. Again, we can't predict which kid will and which kid won't. They might lose some weight with changes in their behavior, but it's unlikely that they will reach the weight that the BMI charts say is ideal. Um, and then, um, oh, but actually one more thing about that. Um, children, their metabolisms are more flexible though than adults. And so if this is figured out when they are children in the family unit, wherever that child lives, because I know not all children live with their biologic parents. So whoever is the, um, the overseer of that child's environment, if that entire environment is shifted, and so the entire family unit starts eating healthier, starts doing intuitive and mindful eating, finds non-food ways to cope with emotions, participates in daily exercise, gets enough sleep, limits screen time, focuses on stress management, all of these things that honestly everyone in our country needs more of, if that family unit does that, it's very likely that the child could lose the weight. So it's just the key is we can't predict. Okay, we don't know which of these kids have changes in their metabolism that will stay that way forever and which kids will only be able to lose some of the weight. But a child's metabolism is much more flexible than an adult's. So if those behaviors are changed when they're younger, it's more likely they are able to adapt and go back to being a, a healthier weight. But again, focus on behaviors, not on weight. And then just one last thing I wanted to add in on why when we talk about future generations, we really do need to be cognizant of how we talk about them. Because children internalize these negative events and children who are overweight and obese have higher rates of depression, bullying, and discrimination. And this weight bias discrimination is pervasive in our society. I will do a talk on weight bias um, in the near future and we'll go a little bit more into that. Um, but these children aren't stupid. They know what people are saying about them. And they internalize these things, just like the internalization that I am bad because I'm fat. And so when kids do this, it can sometimes elicit a stress response that's similar to a trauma for them. I mean, years of bullying, that is a traumatic event. And they found that children who have more adverse childhood events have more chronic disease. And so not only do they are they growing up maybe not having an environment that teaches them how to be healthy in a way that prevents chronic disease, but now they have an extra thing against them here with having an adverse childhood experience. And so they have two 
factors that are increasing their risk of chronic disease. So you can see how what we really need to be doing is empowering individuals to make behavior changes and stop talking about weight altogether. Because honestly, everyone in America would likely benefit from eating healthier, exercising more, sleeping more, dealing with stress, and prioritizing their mental health. Everyone. And so this needs to be a conversation about behaviors, and that's not something we can see just on the surface. You can't look at somebody and assume all of these things. Sure, there are some people who might meet a stereotype, but we cannot assume that just because somebody is fat, they don't do any of the things they're supposed to do for their health, or because somebody is thin, they do everything they're supposed to do for their health. What we need to focus on is encouraging everyone around us to participate in these helpful behaviors and encouraging higher level people to understand the importance of these behaviors. So this would be higher level elected officials who actually make policy about what foods are provided to children and what social programs are offered to children, how environments are actually set up. There is a dramatic difference when an environment is crafted for success than when an environment is crafted the way it is now, where in order to be healthy, you need to be intentional and, and persistent. Because right now, if you have no um, extra effort towards being healthy, you will not be healthy. It's just that simple. The worlds we live in are not conducive to this. And so this is a multi-level problem. And I really hope that we can start to change the conversation about weight itself being the issue because it is not. The conversation should be focused on behaviors. So that's part one of my soapbox. <laughs> um, I have a number of these weight-related soapboxes, um, but I'm at my 20-minute mark, and I don't want to drag this out for too long. So there will be much more to come. I'm going to talk about weight bias in a future uh, talk, and then I'm also going to talk about why I believe the studies around weight itself are flawed um, and some nuances that I think we need to consider. And I think... That's all I've got. So um, feel free to leave any comments or questions. I hope that you found this interesting and maybe a new way of looking at things. Or maybe you're my sister or brother out there and you like totally feel this too. That's awesome. Um, but please head over to my Facebook page, uh, Nutrition Health Life and leave some comments about what you felt about the podcast. And also, if you have specific things you'd like me to talk about, I am always open to listener requests. So leave those there as well. All right, and I'll talk with you next week. Take care and be well. While I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. 
The views expressed on this podcast are solely my own, based on extensive experience and research. The views of this podcast are not those of any organizations that I am currently or previously affiliated with. If you have any concerns about views or opinions expressed in this podcast, please contact me directly at lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another, and I am simply presenting my views on how to use diet and lifestyle approaches to improve your health. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice or to treat any medical conditions that either yourself or others are experiencing. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Do not ignore or delay obtaining professional medical advice because of information accessed or otherwise obtained from or on behalf of Nutrition Health Life LLC or Lynn Stiff MD.